It is Locked on Jazz for the 29th of July. Ask L-O-J! You guys nail it again. When does Donovan get moved? What happens if we don't move him? What are the pressure points to mo- in which we have to move him? What about guys like Cam Reddish? Why have I said I don't believe in rebuilds? How long will Danny Ainge be around? Oh my gosh, it's loaded and it's next. Unlocked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a jazz fan each and every day. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you very much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen today. We are available on all podcasting platforms as well as on YouTube. Five star reviews, much appreciated. Thumbs up on YouTube, much appreciated. Great to see the comments and the stuff going on in the YouTube section with everybody interacting and having that community. It's why we premiere them every day for you. We try to be consistent. We don't. On those of you on YouTube, I have to share. Look at my shirt. The Ron Boone Stars Vintage Shirt. Kind of sweet, huh? Gotta love it. All right, there is a cadre of colors that is existing on this show right now with a red shirt, a locked-on hat, and the new jazz colors that is just a bit much on YouTube right now. Sorry for everybody. Um, Your eyes might hurt. if you're Well, other than just looking at me. Um, that might hurt. All right. So the questions are great today. I usually open up our ask LOJ with kind of my thoughts on the day, but the questions are better. So we're going to get right into them. Um, here's a note for you. I am supposedly taking a two week vacation here starting tomorrow. Uh, I'm not great at vacation, but I try. Um, and we'll see, like, obviously if Donovan gets moved or if there's news, I'll bust some stuff out. Um, but I will probably not have a lot of shows in the past. <clears throat> I've taped interviews, um, and we've had content, but with the unknown circumstances of what's going on, there's really, I don't want to waste Tony Jones, an hour of Tony Jones's time, an hour of Thurl's time, an hour of Bowler's time and, and do an interview with them and then have it not be current because of what's going on. And so there really might be for the first time ever in 11 years of locked on a dead period of time on this feed. So um, for that, I, I apologize. I've really tried very hard to avoid all of that. Um, but I just don't have a way to do this right now for you and still have content. And so for that, I, I sincerely apologize. All right, let's get to your questions right away because they are you guys are so good at this. So the first one comes in from Jack. He says, do you have a sense for how long Ainge will be a major part of the Jazz front office? Trading Rudy and potentially Don for picks 27 and 29 at least suggests the possibility of this a long-time project. Will Danny be around the whole time? So I think there's a few thoughts here. One is, like, in my conversations with Danny Ainge, it's really clear to me that this guy is a lifer, like a gamer. Like, he loves it. You know, he leaves Boston and, you know, it was, I think everyone kind of knew he was coming to the Jazz, but also even in that opening press conference, the idea was, 
you know, I'm still going to be able to play golf. I'm have more balance than I've had in the past. Okay. His version of balance and the regular person's version of balance are not the same thing. He's deep into it. His, what will be interesting to me is how much he actually goes out and scouts. He used to be kind of known as one of the GMs that really went out and scouted. And I think that's some of the stuff he's trying to get away from so he can spend time with grandkids and be with his family. And, and, you know, he's had some heart attacks. Um, but to me, this is his, you know, actually Ainge is a guy that I could see like Pat Riley was doing this until all, all ages. Um, so I don't want to say this is his last act, but I think this is, you know, he, this is his, next signature in a Hall of Fame front office career. Um, You know, he's 63. Pat Riley's 77. Like, I don't think these two guys, probably the reason they've had their spat is I don't think these guys are actually that different. They're both highly competitive, really bright basketball minds who are junkies of the game. So I think Ainge is around for a while, thankfully. Um, there is a church element to this that I'm probably not that well versed on. I have heard some people thinking that, you know, there's some church things that he might have in his line that he wants to get done before he's, you know, at the right age or when he's at the right age. So I don't, I don't know about that and how all the internal politics on that work, but that's a possibility. And there's also, you know, frankly, I, I don't really believe that this is entirely how you hire people, but Austin is in Boston you know, pretty close to being a part of running a front office. At some point, maybe there's a natural transition there where he's involved, but Austin's more involved um, than ever before. All right, let's go to our next one. Um, You've said in the past, you don't really believe in rebuilds. If the Jazz go into one, what are the keys to not ending up like the Orlando Magic? So uh, let me, this is 100% something I've said, and I don't want to hide behind it at all. I also don't want to end up sitting here in some position where like I'm playing, I told you so. So, The reason when I've said I don't believe in rebuilds is trying to explain to people how hard I think it is to win in the NBA. And so at times when we were winning 50 games, I thought there was kind of this like, oh, well, you can just do that. And I'm like, no, like it's super hard to get to this point. So the respect I have for how hard it is to win is the first area where like I get really like I think rebuilds are hard, like Orlando and Sacramento scare me. Now, they have not done them particularly well, but they still are. It's scary to think that these teams have been at this point and, you know, it's been this long. The the second thing that concerns me is that you can almost find no track record of two or three young players rising up together without at some point having massive internal conflict. Donovan and Rudy will go down into this group. LaMarcus and Dame had problems. Shaq and Kobe. Shaq and Penny. Like you, Embiid and Simmons. You run through it. Gordy Chiesa used to always say to me, David, I can't do Gordy, David, you must understand that every player is out to establish their own personal value before they're going to worry about the team. And until a player has established their own personal value, they're not going to worry about anything other than that and worry about the team and winning. I'll never forget, I'm old, but, so this reference will, will, will miss on some of you, that Kenny Anderson, the former little point guard, I remember he was with New Jersey Nets out of Georgia Tech, great little great player, and he signed a deal, and I can, was sitting with him talking to him, this is probably in the mid-90s, and I congratulate, I've covered the league. For those who don't know, I've covered the league now for This will be my 30th season covering the NBA. Uh, 
Um, I have covered the NBA for more years than not. Um, so this was mid nineties, probably with Kenny Anderson. And I sat down with him. I was like, hey, congrats on the deal. He goes, yeah, now I can worry about winning. Like it was totally obvious. Like early in my career, I was like, oh, like I'll never forget that conversation. And so what happens when you, what you, and we'll see like Oklahoma city and Houston and now probably us are trying to do this is you're collecting all of these draft prospects and you're getting these pieces and they're growing up together. That has not usually worked. Like, I think there's, and, and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum may be the first ones to avoid it, but they have had their issues as well. So it will be interesting to see whether they can, whether they actually end up navigating this. But if you look back, that's always a problem is that, you know, the story, there's a story in the NBA about a player literally was so upset that the other player had his bobblehead doll first. Frankly, Mike Conley was a subtle little important piece for our franchise for the last two years because he was announced last every single starting lineup because he was the veteran. But if we didn't have Mike Conley, there would have been a rub on whether Donovan or Rudy got announced last. And you know what? You can sit here and try to claim that that's selfish, and but you're no different. Honestly, I'm no different. When I was in Seattle at KJR and doing the night show and getting no promotion, I was complaining daily. When I was in Salt Lake and starting my career and my ratings were better than Chris Tunis's, I was complaining that I wasn't getting promoted more. Like, this is not unnatural. This is the natural progression of humans as they grow. Salespeople are fighting over client lists all the time. Who can get the best client? Who gets the next new client? This is not anything different than what every other human does. And this is what concerns me about a rebuild is how do you build a team chemistry together with a bunch of young players at the same age? Like this idea that on your timeline, I actually don't believe in. I think Detroit's going to be super interesting because the murmur I get on Detroit is they might go one more year and then they're going to try to sign free agents, bring them in. They think they can pull in Detroit. And then you've got Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, Maybe Sadiq Bay, maybe, you know, they missed on Killian Hayes and work through. The other one is, while a hundred percent to win, you have to get Luka Doncic, you have to get Trey Young, you have to get these top five picks, and you have to be able to get those players to win, right? You've got to get Paulo Benchero, maybe, if he's gonna be one of those guys. You have to go get those picks. That's true. That's why the rebuild happens. And all I'm talking about is all the difficulties in it and why it's hard. And that, and if you're Utah, the only way you're getting these players is to do this. So while I say I don't love the rebuild or I, don't, I, I think it's hard, I'm not sure I think there's another answer. What gets interesting to me is once you've got your Cade Cunningham and your Jaden Ivey and your Jalen Duran and your Peace and Sadiq Bey, what is your next step? Once you have your Chet Holmgren and your Josh Giddy. Is that your Jabari Smith, your Jalen? Is that enough? And how do you go from there? Because I'm not sure I think that using all your draft picks and having all these guys rise up at the same time and all of them looking for the same dollars and all of them battling for contracts, trying to get them to play as a team and get along, I think is virtually impossible. So that's my concern on this. It is Locked On Jazz today. Thanks very much for making us your first listen to the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, great opening questions. What will Will Hardy emphasize? What about a trade package with Sacramento? What if, what, when do I think a deal gets done with Donovan? Those are all questions that are still remaining on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Today's show is brought to you by my good friends over at Murdoch Hyundai, located 4646 South State Street, also located in Linden. And in Logan, we've got a bunch of 
great reach outs recently from people trying to uh, get contact with cars. There's an increase all of a sudden in car buying from uh, everyone. And we're giving them VIP treatment at the Murdoch's. And it's been great. The Mannings just got themselves a new car. I love Mitch's dad reaching out to me and, and sending me an email about all that's gone on. Mitch actually, I think, sent me the last one, so congratulations to them. I've uh, got a guy out in uh, Atlanta whose nephew needs a car, and so we're setting him up with a Tucson. We'll get that taken care of. It's been great, and it's because Hyundai has such an incredible lineup of cars, great value for the dollar. The Murdochs will give you VIP treatment, and we will have abs- make sure that you get a world-class experience and a world-class car for the best dollars you can spend. So email me first, and I'll get the ball rolling for you. Email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. We'll set up a VIP meeting for you at any of the Hyundai locations. You'll save a step if you can tell me what location, Murray, Logan, or Linden, and we'll get you set up with a brand new Murdoch Hyundai. Whether it's going to be the Palisade, the Tucson, I've got the Ionic on order. The electric car, whatever it might be, it's all over at Murdoch Hyundai. Today's show is also brought to you by Summit Cap. These are guys that uh, Jeff and and David and Matt, who I've gotten to know well because they invested in Lockdown, and now they're looking to help you as well. They're looking to provide capital for management seeking to buy out the owner of the business. So if you work in a business, the ownership, you have a vision of where you can take the company. The ownership might not be there. The ownership's getting older. They want to sell. They've owned the company for a long time. The business landscape's changing. This isn't their game. It's your game. But you don't have the, the wherewithal to be able to buy them out. This is where Summit Cap comes in. They come and give you the investment to be able to buy them out. You get the equity. You guys win together. So if that matches something you know, what your experience or someone you know, call Matt or text Matt at 801-796-2033. That's 801-796-2033. Or email LockedOnJazz at SummitCapUtah.com or SummitCapUtah.com is just the website. LockedOnJazz at SummitCapUtah.com. And Matt's number again, 801-796-2033. These are good people. They invested in LockedOn. Never once did I hear about when are we getting out. Only heard support and only heard good but they also work quiet. You don't want an investor quiet. Good, legitimate questions that helped us move our business forward and gave us expertise that we needed. So that's all from Summit Cap. Thanks very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. And what do we got for you for your second listen? Is it going to be a little Locked on NBA big board for you? Are you already there? I will tell you my first listen every day because I can't listen to my own show is Locked on Sports today. It's pretty great. Uh, by the way, if you're on Roku or uh, Amazon Fire, there's a new Lockdown Sports Atlanta and Lockdown Sports Minnesota apps that have all of our national shows if you want to watch through that vehicle. All right, let's continue um, and get some more questions. Uh, from Danny, when Quinn was first hired, he emphasized goals of development, defense, playing with a pass. Hardy mentioned goals of communications and building relationships. What other elements can he and should he emphasize this year with a roster in flux the way it is? You know, it's a super question. Like, so Quinn's was obvious unselfishness. Remember that? That was kind of Quinn's big line was obvious unselfishness. Um, I think we'll see that same, you know, Hardy's going to have some team elements to it. But you're right. Hardy continue mentions communication, building relationships, face-to-face interactions, no games. I think that's going to be his signature and probably an ability to adjust how they play and what they play. And I think we're going to see player development. So little wins along the way in player development, I think will probably be as much as important as anything else uh, for Will Hardy if we're in a full rebuild. If we're not, 
then I think you're going to see. But that same, I think that's actually where the relationships and the communication might get even more important um, than before. Coming in from Brandon, which package do you prefer? Keegan Murray, Davion Mitchell, salary filler, and three unprotected first-round picks and two swaps, or Grimes, Topping, I think that's Obi Toppin, salary filler, and five picks. Well, this is super hard because you haven't put any knowledge of what those Nick picks are. So hard for me to be able to answer. I don't... So basically the concept here is that Sacramento's sending five first-round picks in Davion Mitchell, Keegan Murray, and three unprotected. And the Knicks are sending you Grimes and probably one protected pick. So that comes into one rotation players. And then is that four? that have to be four unprotected picks? They get pretty even, frankly, if you think Murray and Davion Mitchell are both going to be players in the league. I think Mitchell is a, is a little small, can't really shoot, is a heck of a defensive player, but I'm not sure he... I might be totally wrong on this, but I'm not sure he becomes DeAnthony Melton. I know people are going to be like, what? I'm really not, actually. Um, And maybe I'll be wrong. He's got a little, you would call chutzpah to him. And so maybe maybe I'm missing on that realm of who he is as a player. But, um, and Grimes is is a spot-up rotation player shooter. So, I mean, I think they're both probably relatively um, equal. I'm not sure Sacramento does that. It puts them with Fox and Donovan together, which is interesting. Um, maybe, maybe that works for them. All right, let's continue. Good questions today on Ask LOJ. I uh, hate to play the what if game, but I thought it was interesting that Tony Jones said eight years of good Donovan. Oh, I actually think we got this. I accidentally grabbed an old question or this is leftover. I think I answered this last week. Um, I mean, there's a, we'll do this. Sorry, that just didn't clear out of the system, um, but I don't want to duck this. It looks like I'm ducking it. If you didn't listen last week, um, you know, I think there is a sequence of moves that we're going to look back at and wonder, right? Like, you know, the big highlight is Mike Conley. That Phoenix went and got Chris Paul, and Milwaukee went and got Drew Holiday. We got Mike Conley, and, and did it not work quite as well? The others are a bunch of little ones where we use, you know, lost opportunities by using salary space in certain ways. There's a whole depth of we re-signed everyone at one point, and was that the right move, and what other options? It gets really detailed and deep. I'll, I'll probably try to work on it on vacation and then come back in mid-August and try to do, like, what happened? How did we get here? But frankly, I can't do that until we, unless we trade Donovan because there's, you know, if we don't trade Donovan, then we're still kind of in this. We, we, have, we just traded Rudy for a bunch of pieces and are kind of making a next iteration on things. In your opinion, what's more important, holding Donovan until the trade deadline to increase desperation of bidders and maximize his trade return or start to tank early in order to stack a top five pick in the upcoming draft? This is a super question by Kurt Flinders. So this just gets, like, you have to just start weighing what you believe here. And you have to start weighing what you think is, you know, what moves the jazz meter and it's going to be the most important piece. And what I, what I mean by that is I'm trying to figure out how to say this correctly. So what is the, if we hold Donovan until desperation, what do we gain? I would assume if Danny plays this right, he gains another first round unprotected pick, maybe two. If Donovan plays with us for 30 games before that happens, and we win another, let's see, let's say we would go 12 and 
17. That's not 30. So 13 and 17. And without Donovan, we would go 7 and 23. So we win an extra six games. That's a lot, actually. Um, but let's say we win an extra six games. And so that pushes us from a 14% chance to a, probably on the lottery odds, it might push us to a 10 or 9% um, chance. What's the dip? What, you know, is that... Is that more than getting an extra first-round draft pick? Um, you know, the top three teams have a 14% chance, the fifth team of a top one pick, and then a 12.5 and a 10.5 and then nine and the seven. So it's really flattened out a lot. So, you know, being six instead of four doesn't seem to be that big a deal. Now, if you can be one or two, it helps. And so are you going to be able to fully drop as that much, I think, would be the real question. Um, in there, but that's a that's a that's a super question. I think that's you know if you're the Knicks and you're these or you know anybody else that's trying to do the Donovan trade, you're hoping that we think that we've really got to go all in this year. And if, and I think it's a better position for us to say this is a long term play, and the minor short short term pain is going to allow us to gain a. Um, an in, you know a, a stronghold for more picks down the road, and the twenty the longer out those picks are stretched, the more value. It might be as simple as just losing a protection on a pick, right? Okay, well you know yes, we are getting four first round picks, and we'll pull a protection now because we the Knicks started the year seven and ten, and I think that's I think that's as important that those pulled protections are probably worth you know getting the seventh pick instead of the fourth pick. If Donovan is moved, what do you think is the most likely scenario for Patrick Beverly being moved as well? Obviously, it's clear he doesn't want to stay in a rebuild, and I don't plan. Yeah, I think that's that's the next step. Is that you you you've got it, Chris? Um, is 100. If we move Donovan, you're probably moving Patrick Beverly in the process. And I don't know what you. I don't think I've heard a lot of people say they think he's a first round draft pick. I, uh, I don't think you get a first round pick for Beverly. Um, you know, can you get some salary cap filler? Would be the question. Which would be, or or can you get a young player that maybe you think is a future rotation player because the salaries have to match? That would be that would be the nice piece of that if you can if you can pull that off. Um, in case Donovan sticks, do you think moving Boyan for a better defensive four or five would balance the roster better? I'm thinking a player like Markin and Portis or Tice. Um, this is for Williams. So Markin's not a better defensive player than Boyan. He's longer, but he's not a better defensive player. And he's not nearly as good an offensive player. Portis, uh, I don't think Milwaukee would move him. <coughs> Though Boyan playing off Giannis would be something else. And Tice is really a five. They probably, that, Boston, that's a Boyan for Tice trade. Tice is not nearly as good a player. I mean, it's, it's. I, I don't think Boyan's defense in the playoffs is that bad. He frankly battles so hard that, I, I, I said this throughout, I, I'm going through it down a dark playoff alley with Boyan comfortably. Uh, you know, if we're if we're still competing, I'm comfortable with Boyan, um, and I think Boyan could win someone a title. Frankly, um, if if we move him, like if I'm the Clippers or one of those teams, Boyan would be the piece that I'm trying to figure out how I'm getting it on my roster because I, you know, he honestly is. Um, I, I think he could win someone a title. Like I'll, I'll just like I think he's that. He's got that. Uh, today's show. Brought to you by our good friends over at Built Bar. Did you jump on the cookie dough puffs? Well, if you have not, and you've been what they're still available. So the cookie dough chunk puffs. Cookie dough chunk puffs. We had a call uh, the other day, and like 
one of the guys, Jarvis Davis, who works for us on Lockdown Sports Atlanta, said, I just love the chunks. I was like, yeah, that's just cookie dough, Jarvis. Like, yeah, we all, we all like that. Uh, cookie dough chunks, they are incredible. They're 160 calories, 15 grams of protein, 8 grams of sugar. The coconut marshmallow puffs are super as well, 140 grams of 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, just 6 grams of sugar. My brownie batter, same kind of macros, 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and 7 grams of sugar. All the puffs are just terrific. I am a puff guy. I am in on the puffs. But there's the regular Built Bars as well, the mint brownie, the coconut, the double chocolate, the salted caramel. And all of them come in with the amazing 130 calories, 2.5 fat grams, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. The best promo code you can get around is LOCKED15. Get 15% off your entire order and all orders at Built.com. Go get on it now. Today's show is also brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net, the latest for all your betting odds, needs, props, all the rest at BetOnline.net. Dot. Now, the NBA futures have just been bouncing around all the time. It's been fascinating. Boston is now a considerable favorite at plus 400. Do they know Kevin Durant's going there? With Milwaukee at plus 625. The Warriors at plus 700. Clippers at plus 750. Phoenix at plus 950. And Brooklyn at plus 1400. Lakers at 1400. Miami. And what gets super interesting to me on this is like Minnesota... If you think this is equal to wins, they in the the Warriors one, Clippers two, Suns three, Lakers at four, Denver five, Dallas six, Memphis seven, Minnesota eight, Pelicans nine. Like there's a chance that's a lottery pick and they don't make the playoffs in the play-in. Like Minnesota, according to the Bet Online Championship odds, now maybe that's going to be different than regular season wins because Rudy gets you so many regular season wins, but still really interesting to see that. There, New York is off the board right now, so hard to tell uh, on what you've got there. Um, but all sorts of good NBA Coach of the Year odds. They're expecting M.A. Odoka and Chris Finch to be the leaders in Rookie of the Year. So Rudy's going to go win Chris Finch Rookie of the Year. It's all at betonline.net. Thanks very much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen every single day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's continue with your fabulous questions today. Here's the big one, over under on when Spida gets traded. Okay, let's play this game. So the end date is that we trade him for two and a half years from now while he's going into training into the trade deadline before his free agency year. Okay, like I think, you know, that seems impossible. Now you start to walk it back, and your choices are before opening day, before training camp opening night, Trade deadline, next offseason, next trade deadline, next offseason, and then that trade deadline I just mentioned. So there's your realm of when the Jazz trade Donovan Mitchell. And it's probably, if we're being honest, somewhere in there. There's a really very little scenario other than Donovan suddenly coming to the Jazz and saying, I've had an epiphany, Utah's mountains are beautiful, I love it here, and I want to stay. Which, frankly, other than Steph Curry, Nikola Jokic, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, almost nobody's done. Like, it's not what guys do anymore. They sign as a rookie, they get drafted, they don't choose the city, and then they choose their city. There's nothing wrong with it. So I think in all likelihood, Donovan, you know, goes to another city, and also the way this is complicated, Hollinger wrote about this in The Athletic, there's actually no way for the Jazz to extend Donovan probably where, where the TV contract's going, and... 
getting him signed up without becoming a free agent. It would be disadvantageous to Donovan financially to ever sign an extension. There's going to be a bunch of players that fit into this where it's disadvantageous for them to be able to sign deals. And so when then do you trade Donovan? The sooner seemingly biz, the better package, right? The sooner you trade Donovan, the more years they get on him on this contract and the more uh, value you get for Donovan. So the over-under, I would say, if I had to set the over-under, I would set the over-under at... December 15th would be my over-under. What are you doing? In the YouTube comments section, go over-under. I put a poll up. Over or under on the poll. Let me know your comments on the YouTube section. Are you going over or under on the on my December, what did I say, December 15th? Yeah. December 15th, over or under? What are your thoughts? If a team went into the season with the exact roster they have today, is this how the Jazz retooling around Donovan? I sure hope so. Because it would be hard for me to keep faith of being a great Jazz fan if we trade Donovan. Well, so there's a lot in there, Zach. You've like revealed your soul in a very, very short period of time with me. Um, so I don't quite know. Let me go back to that question. What's the first? Is this how we're retooling around Donovan? You know, I think it, it would be interesting to see this team roll out. Mike Conley, Boyan Bogdanovich, Donovan, open court, spread it, play Jared Vanderbilt. There's not really a spread. Play super fast, play super small, move the ball. I think we'd play games that are 132, 128. Donovan would be like Allen Iverson scoring 36 points a game. And like, what could you suddenly build from there? Like, then you could, you know, like the old Mike Conley deal was like Marquise Morris and Luke Kennard before John Wall signed, like, does John Wall suddenly bust? And then that deal's back on the table. And now... You've added those two pieces and you've gotten a little bigger and you're a little you're you're not as small and now you you improve incrementally and you find little pieces along the way to make these deals. I think it would be interesting to see whether or not we could retool that way. And the problem is that when Danny did this last time with Paul Pierce, he stayed. And what I just touched on is it seems very unlikely because of the way things are lining up that the Jazz can't extend Donovan to keep him. He's going to go to free agency. At that point, that's a too big a risk for the Jazz. That he goes to free agency and you get nothing for him. And so I don't know that we have enough time to be able to do that. And that might be what's, to some extent, forcing the rebuild here a little bit. I've seen Patrick Beverly coach players on the sidelines. Seems like a guy who could spark a fire into Donovan and coach him on defense. I, I, I think Patrick Beverly would be just a great piece. Like, I just think there's some guys like that that are good pieces. They're good energy. He changed Minnesota. We didn't play hard last year. He plays hard. Like, if we're moving forward, I think Patrick Beverly, and frankly, Patrick Beverly and um, Patrick Beverly and Carl Anthony Towns are like the number one pick and roll combination in the NBA. He's also just good. Like, he's actually a good player. He's small, but he's good. Josh wants to know who in the world's going to start at center for the Jazz next season. Well, I don't know. Um, I think you could probably, you're going to end up starting either at this moment, either Walker Kessler or Doka Azabuke. Probably start games in a drop. And then I think Jared Vanderbilt ends up playing a lot of center and you're playing now a switching defense in a different style as the night goes on. Um, And you're probably closing with that, but you probably are playing a faux starter 
in your center for a little bit. bit. Uh, Los Utah Jazz, which I just want to give a shout out to, uh, running it back with these players plus some free agent uh, additions does not sound bad. Plus we have three first round draft picks for next year. The thing is Donovan going to wait for the project to be a comp- competitive level again. And this is 100% the question that the front office is playing with. Can we build this fast enough that in some way with the first round draft picks and everything else that Donovan would actually decide the small market, the anonymity, not being under the pressure cooker is all right. That his camp would think that, that Adidas would think that. And that risk is real. And that's really where we're sitting in this process uh, for uh, all of it. So we'll see. One last question I thought was interesting I want to throw out there. Uh, Warriors are reportedly looking to shed Wiseman's salary to lessen tax. Do you think the Jazz would be interested in taking on his salary for a future first-round pick or two? This is 100% why you go and get all these first-round picks. You're going to probably tank, as they say, and get to the bottom so that you can go get your own top picks. But all these other picks you're getting are for exactly that kind of move. That's exactly what you're doing for something like that, if you believe in that player. Thanks very much for tuning in to Lockdown Jazz. I hope to talk to you soon. I just don't know when. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for making Lockdown Jazz your first listen. Make Lockdown NBA Big Board your next listen, your second listen. And please give us a five-star review as well as a thumbs up on YouTube. And thanks for all your comments on the YouTube site. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you.